You're listening to the Flicks You Off Podcast at FlixYouOffPodcast.com. It's Sunday, March 18th, 2012, Season 1, Episode 5, the 80s Saturday Morning Special. This is the Flicks You Off Podcast. <laughs> Welcome all, it is the Flicks You Off Podcast, and I am your host, Giggity. It is Season 1, Episode 5, and today, in our general discussion topic, we will be talking about the 80s Saturday Morning Cartoon Special. Anything and everything on all your streaming devices that will take you back to a better time in the 80s with all these wonderful cartoons that you should be watching. Um, Before we get into that, let's see what's new to streaming. On Netflix, we've got Jeff Dunham's Christmas Special, which is making a return to the Netflix streaming queue. In addition to the uh, drama China series The Last Emperor, Saved by the Bell TV series seasons 1 through 6, and seasons 1's of The Breakout Kings and The Killing. On Hulu Plus, we've only got a couple of things. Two new animes, Squid Girl and Kiba, have joined the uh, the mass of uh, anime that you can find on Hulu Plus. And on the Zune and Voodoo marketplaces, we've got The Adventures of Tintin by Steven Spielberg, Young Adult starring Charlize Theron, Melancholy starring Christ- Kirsten Dunst, The Footloose remake, Puss in Boots starring Antonio Banderas, and My Week with Marilyn starring Michelle Williams. So, what did I watch this week? Well, folks, the only thing that I watched this week was I watched a ton of Star Trek, the original series. Um, as you know, I had been watching uh, Star Trek, the original series, um, really got interested into it, and um, by my last uh, podcast, I actually had finished season one, going into season two, and within a weekend, actually, I finished all of season two, and um, a, little, a little bit quarter way through season three of Star Trek the original series so I am really looking forward to uh, finishing up the the original series of Star Trek and hopefully finding and adventuring into the the motion pictures uh, starring William Shatner and all the other crew of the original series really uh, really excited to jump into that So let's get right into it today with our streaming main topic discussion. We're talking about the 80s. I grew up in the 80s. Many of my listeners may have grown up in the 80s. We all love the 80s. The music, the style, the the television shows. And one thing that holds dear to a lot of our hearts is our Saturday morning special. That that feeling, getting up in the morning, uh, usually at 7, 6 o'clock, rushing to your television while your parents are still asleep, clicking on the TV and and watching your favorite TV shows, favorite cartoons as a little kid and sitting there and just watching everything and and really enjoying your your Saturday morning special. So, this is everything that I've found 
on the streaming networks um, that really that I watched personally when I was growing up uh, and I think that you should catch up on if you haven't watched it for a while. The first series I'm going to talk about uh, aired in 1981. Uh, it was created by Steve Ditko and Stan Lee, starring the voice actors Frank Welker, Dan Gilvezan, and Kathy Garber. Ran about three seasons and 24 episodes. My friends, I am talking about Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Joined by his friends Firestar and Iceman, the amazing Spider-Man swings into battle against New York City's most dangerous villains using his superhuman strength, agility, ability to climb walls. I loved this cartoon when I was growing up. This was actually the first cartoon that introduced me to Marvel characters. And if anybody knows me from reading my Twitter or just knowing me in the Geek Hole community, Everybody knows that I love comic books. Comic books are are my thing. I I've read them ever since I was growing up. I still read them today. Um, I you know Spider-Man's one of my favorite characters, and the thing that I enjoyed about this series is that typically in other Spider-Man cartoons that you know followed this, it was either Spider-Man by himself or he teamed up with random Marvel superheroes, um, you know, like for maybe an episode. And then, you know, typically it was it was a solo jam for Spider-Man in the later cartoon series. This one, however, he's joined by two friends. One is Firestar. Uh, she was an Avengers. She was a, uh, she was a new Defender. Um, and Iceman, which is typically known for uh, his role on the X-Men. So, and in this particular series, he these two are actually his roommates. They all know each other. They know that they're superheroes together. And, um, and I found that to be a really interesting dynamic because you've got Spider-Man that typically is a alone, you know, superhero, which typically fights, you know, the bad guys like... The Green Goblin and Doctor Doom and 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 other stuff like that, but he is teamed up with Firestar, which is a relatively unknown character for most people. Um, probably in the 80s, in the comic book, she was more you know pronounced because she was a character that was made in the 80s. And then Iceman, who was known you know primarily for being one of the members of the original X-Men. So I found that to be very interesting. And in their house, in their little apartment they have, you know, it's it's kind of like a like one of those like old spires where like you know the couch flips over and reveals a computer or something like that. So it's kind of neat, you know. And throughout this uh, television series, they actually fight a lot of um, classic Spider-Man villains. They fight Green Goblin. They fight uh, Doctor Doom, and then they they fight some kind of off the wall things like zombies and a Tyrannosaurus Rex, and basically anything that uh, threatens the planet. Um, we also see, you know, like uh, Mordred, which is typically like uh, uh, Merlin type of character. We see the Black Knight. Um, 
and Dracula, Dr. Octopus, stuff like that. So this is a, a really good jumping off point to the first animations of Spider-Man. So like, you can see exactly where um, in regards to a animated aspect how they developed you know you can see how they first drew this character and like if you like the WB or um, I think it's the WB or it could be four kids is developing a new Spider-Man series called the Ultimate Spider-Man which is primarily surrounded around the it's kind of being developed through the Ultimate Comics version of Spider-Man so it's kind of a, a, a kind of cool comparison in regards to what they were originally and how they're coming to be um, type of story. So, really enjoy it. Three seasons, 24 episodes, um, all on Netflix. I think you can find it on Zulu, or Zulu, Zune or uh, Hulu. I'm not uh, totally sure, but I know it's definitely on Netflix. The next series has a special place in my heart. Um, I had the toys. I had the battle set. I had the battle cat. Now, from that battle cat, if you don't know what I'm talking about, then I'm sorry, friends. You definitely need to start picking up this, this series. Um, it ran from 1983 to 1984, which is surprising because I thought it rained a lot longer. The creators were Mattel and Hal Sutherland, Starring the voice actors John Irwin, Linda Gray, Alan Oppenheimer, and Lou and Erica Scheimer. It ran for 105 episodes, two seasons. And yes, folks, this is He-Man and the Masters of the Universe! <laughs> That's right, folks. I, I love this series. What can I say? Propelled by the power of Grayskull, Royal Protector Prince Adam raises his sword and morphs into the supremely abled... He-Man, to keep his kingdom safe from the evil sorcerer Skeletor in the classic animated series. I love He-Man. He-Man was... I grew up on He-Man. It was, it was He-Man, the Transformers, Thundercats, Voltron, and Silverhawks. Those were some of the essential 80's cartoons that I personally grew up on and you know as a little kid you know I had the toys I had I had a He-Man I had a Battle Cat I had a Skeletor um, the Man-at-Arms Tila Orko I had all these action figures when I was you know growing up I loved He-Man um, I even loved it when they they tried to resurrect the He-Man franchise I think it was early to mid 2000s um, on Cartoon Network. I wish they really would have kept on going with it. I think it would last like two or three seasons or whatever. But there is nothing like the classic He-Man. I mean, you've got a prince, Prince Adam. He is proverbially a coward. Um, doesn't like fights, doesn't want to be in conflict with anybody. Then one day he, he finds the power of Grayskull. Uh, there's this castle called Grayskull in the forest, and he gains this power to become He-Man, and has his sword, and is able to transform his his pet lion or tiger 
that is a pussy, um, you know, I guess, in and out of the word, and um, transforms him to Battle Cat. Basically, it takes the theme of you, you're weak and you want to gain power to be stronger, that way you can defend your family and friends from, from evil. And that's what all the 80s cartoons were. Typically you have, have weaker characters um, originally and they take up arms uh, because there is some greater darkness, greater force in the universe that is propelling them to having to make the choices that necessarily they don't want to make but are needed at the time. Um, and that's where Prince Adam and He-Man coincide. You know, uh, Skeletor comes back uh, to try to rule Eternia, and and there's only one power in the universe that can that can't stop Skeletor, and that is He-Man. And the power that he gains uh, when he goes to Castle Grayskull and and gains that power to to save Eternia. This is one of the quintessential 80s cartoons that you must watch. Um, I mean, you know, obviously with any of these 80s cartoons, if you're watching it with a, a mind of trying to compare it with something today, you know, you're going to be kind of disappointed. You have to look at it for what it is. Um, classic. Classic, you know, television, classic cartoons. You know, the animation style is not going to be always right. There's always going to be off-coloring here and there. The the lessons that they're, they're going to teach you at the very end of the of the episode are going to be cheesy and, and, and goofy and stuff. But that's what we grew up on. We love that stuff. I mean, when you watch G.I. Joe, you had all those those PSAs at the end of the at the end of the episodes and they're always cheesy and dorky. I mean that's the same thing you get with the He-Man. There's always going to be those cheesy lessons that you learn at the end and and all the characters learn something and and great gain greater knowledge because they went through this hard time. I mean, and and that's what He-Man's all about, you know? Overcoming evil and uh becoming something more in order to help the universe. <laughs> Definitely need to go watch that. It is on Netflix, definitely. Uh, you can find it on the Zune and Voodoo marketplaces. I am not sure if they still have it on Hulu Plus, but um, last time I remember they did. Um, the next 80s cartoon was actually aired in the 1980s. Um, it aired for 86 episodes, one season, created by George Gately, Brad Anderson, Joe Ruby, Ken Spears, starring the voices of Mel Blanc, Henry Corden, June Foray, Paul Witchell, Frank Welker, Don Messick, and Russie Taylor. This is the original Orange Cat. Heathcliff, Heathcliff, no one could come up in his motherfucking neighborhood. That's right, folks. We're talking about Heathcliff. In this animated television series based on a comic strip, a wise, always hungry cat named Heathcliff tries to win over Sonia, a pink-collared, white Persian kitty, all the while getting involved into one of the fun adventure after next. 
I, you know, Heathcliff, uh, I grew up it, I uh, grew up it, I grew up with it, alongside all the other 80s cartoons, um, I loved it immensely, you know, it, it's, I actually recently watched a couple episodes with my wife, and we, you know, we sat there laughing at how cheesy it was, basically, this was the the cool fat cat before Garfield came out. Um, you know, Garfield, the popular uh, cartoon, uh, I personally think was derived from Heathcliff. You know, he's he's an orange cat. He's lazy. Um, you know, he the only thing he thinks about is eating and winning over this this. Persian kitty called Sonia. He gets in all kinds of hijinks and um, you know stuff around his neighborhood, and it's just it's one of those um, one of those AD cartoons that was really classic. You know, um, I remember having fond memories of watching this with you know my little sister when she was born. Uh, you know, we used to sit and, you know, watch Heathcliff and classic cartoons when she was old enough to remember that type of stuff. So, Heathcliff definitely has a a special, you know, a uh, place in my heart. And, you know, if you like, if you like Garfield, because I, I know Garfield is more popular, uh, and so most people will remember Garfield, but if you like Garfield at all, you will love Heathcliff because it is the same kind of hijinky humor. It's the same kind of uh, you know episode to episode zany fun that uh, you know that was typically uh, the role of all those types of cartoons in that era. So Heathcliff is a definite watcher. Um, that is on uh, on. Uh, Netflix in addition to Hulu Plus. Um, okay, now the last um, 80s cartoon that I'm going to talk about today uh, ran from 1983 to 1986. It was created by Bruno Bianchi, Jean Chapolin, and Andy Hayward, starring the voices of Don Adams. Frank Welker and Cree Summer. It ran for 86 episodes, four seasons, and this is the classic cartoon series Inspector Gadget, as he f tries to fend off his archenemy Dr. Claw by utilizing an array of tricks he's got up his sleeve, and when he's in a pinch, by calling his wicked niece Penny and her clever canine sidekick Brain. You gotta love Inspector Gadget. Inspector Gadget is one of those classic cartoon characters that are is very iconic. Um, I mean, if you were to show anybody a picture of Inspector Gadget, you know they're gonna know who he is. He's he's the crazy detective that's part human, part android, that's got all these crazy gadgets. You know, he's got legs that extend he's got a helicopter in his hat he can he's got a flamethrower in his finger a key on the other finger um, he's got a a crazy looking dog that has a, a collar with a, a video monitor on it and he's a bumbling idiot that's the ba best thing about an inspector gadget 
he's an he's an idiot and the only way that he's able to stop bad guys and stop crime is because of his his niece Penny the the whiz kid uh smart ass niece that knows exactly what to do when inspector gadgets in trouble and that's you know that's the best thing about uh this cartoon is that the hero of this cartoon really doesn't do anything in order to actually save the world. You know, I mean, like, he, he does stuff, but typically it's, like, by accident. You know, he'll run into somebody and knock him over, and it just so happens to be the bad guy. Or Penny will set something up in order for him to end up being the one that catches the bad guy. Um, it always centers around Penny and Brain um, doing something in order to make Inspector Gadget look better and in all retrospect they're the ones that save the day not not his you know not the uncle so um you know it's got a lot of great iconic characters like inspector gadget brain and penny we've got the evil doctor claw um i mean you know he's awesome he's the guy that sits in his chair with the the claw mechanical hand and you know uh and <laughs> I gotta I gotta rage a little bit because when they did make the um they made two movies. I know the first movie started Matthew Boderick and when they made the movies I was kinda disappointed. I mean I thought they could have done a lot better, but at that's what it is when Hollywood tries to remake these classic eighties movies into live action movies 90% of the time they don't you know they don't translate very well because not necessarily that they wouldn't translate very well is because the director is a blumbling idiot that doesn't know exactly what the hell they're doing case in point Michael Bay oh Michael Bay what did you do to my classic Transformers and what are you trying to do with my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles anyway that is a debate for another time <laughs> So that is the closing out of our uh, streaming general topic for this week. Uh, let me go right into the streaming blacklist and tell you exactly what not to watch on any streaming device. I've got three things today. Uh, we've got Nick Swarson's Pretend Time. You know, there are only a few comedians that I really don't like. You know, I expressed Margaret Cho on an earlier episode. I express Whitney Cummings on a previous episode as well. Nick Swarston, I initially thought I really liked this dude. You know, he he was a stand-up comedian. Um, I first saw him on a video on CollegeHumor.com. Thought he was, you know, he he was a decent comedian. Thought he was pretty funny. Um, I saw him in a couple of you know lower-budget movies like Grandma's Boy uh, as a background character, but. Nick Swarson's Pretend Time is a comedy TV series that's on the Comedy Channel. Uh, it's run for one season, and I think they're bringing it back for a second. And I don't know why. It, it, the show is not funny. It's it's kind of like a sketch comedy type of skit show, and it's 
it's not very good. I it disappoints me because I I think truly that Nick Swarson can be a funny funny guy, but he 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 wants to be the stupid retard, and I don't like stupid retards. Anyway, next thing we've got American Breakdown. It's a 2007 drama starring. You would think that this would be good. Steve Carell, Josh Hartnett, Paul Walker, Paris Hilton. Uh, well, okay, maybe not Paris Hilton, and maybe not Paul Walker. But you figure Steve Carell is in the main role, Josh Hartnett's a backup role. You figure that this would be a good, good movie. It's not a good movie. I I think Steve Carell should just stick to doing what he does best, and that's that's comedy. Stay in comedy, please, Steve Carell. Don't watch American Breakdown. It's horrible. Oh my god. The last one, I mean, everyone knows by my past streaming blacklist that not to watch anything by UA Ball. UA Ball, is, he's a director that is just, it's just atrocious. He made a 2011 action comedy movie called Blubberella, starring Lindsay Hollister. It's about a girl that is heavyset that carries machine guns and I think she kills Nazis or something and it looks really stupid and I've heard it's really stupid and I guess I can't really expect much from UA Ball what can I expect it's <laughs> it's called Blubberella for crying out loud <sighs> anyway <laughs> Alright, for the Flick Show Off streaming shout-outs, iTunes, ra uh, iTunes ratings, iTunes ratings, reviews, and emails. Didn't get any emails this week. What can I say, folks? If there is something that you want me to review on the Flick Show Off podcast, let me know. If there's something that you want me to watch and recommend to others, please, I will take all email submissions. Um, let me know how I'm doing. Let me know if you like the podcast. If there's anything that you'd like me to change, if there's any improvements you want me to do, um, any segments or suggestions, if you want to send me a couple of intros for some of the segments I have, please, please, go ahead and shoot them off to me at flickshootoff at gmail.com. I will take anything and, you know, whatever. Go over on iTunes, give me a five-star rating or a one-star rating, whatever. Give me a review. Tell me, no, let me know. You know, uh, follow us on Twitter and, and give me a shout out, whatever. Well, my personal shout outs go to four areas. Again, I thank venchat.com, starring Fen, Essa, Sauce, and Turd Hat. The Slash 2 Podcast at slash2podcast.com, starring Rusty, V, and Cormus. And the Sundering.net, starring Seraphis, Rayfist, and Zia. They gave me a little shout out on their show last week. Really, really appreciate it, folks. Thank you. And also, thegeekhole.net. Got to go over to geekhole.net, sign up. Tons of great gamers there, a great gaming community, podcast community, everything that, you know, you want to geek out about. Come play some video games with us. Come hang out. Sign up in the forums. Anyway, how do you contact the Flicks You Off podcast? Well, 
You can download us on iTunes, give us some ratings, give us some reviews. You can stream us from your mobile device on Stitcher at stitcherradio.com. Visit us at the Flickshoeoff forums on thegeekhole.net or visit our website at the Flickshoeoff podcast at flickshoeoffpodcast.com. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at flickshoeoffcast or follow me personally at giggity2157. That's G-I-G-G-I-D-E-E-2157. Make sure to send me your emails at flickshoeoff at gmail.com. My name is Giggity. That's the episode, folks. Have a nice night.